everyone and welcome to the next IPO podcast, um, the next in the series of business-focused intellectual property podcasts. If you haven't listened to us before, then who are the Intellectual Property Office and who am I? Well, I'm Kirsty Edwards and I'm the Senior Communications Manager at the Intellectual Property Office. The IPO uh, are the government office responsible for intellectual property, which is basically an umbrella term to cover um, patents for inventions, trademarks for brands, designs for the appearance of goods and products, and last but not least, copyright, which protects things like you know your artistic or creative works, such as photos, films, music, and software. Uh, now, we often record podcasts in our office in South Wales. There's a Newport office and a small office in London on Abbey Orchard Street. Um, but today, we are on tour once again at the British Library in London, just near Euston Station. The last time I was here, which you can catch on our SoundCloud channel if you go back and have a look at our playlist, you'll see that um, I spoke to Julie Dean, the founder and owner of the Cambridge Satchel Company, who is also the in-house entrepreneur here at the library. Now, one thing I can recommend is that if you are thinking of starting a business, um, the British Library is a great starting point uh, and you need to visit here, which is the Business and IP Centre, for some kind of all-round one-stop shop for business advice. So you'll be keen to know who am I speaking to today and today I'm delighted to be joined by Jem Misa. Misa? Misa, that's right. Hello. Yeah. Who with her partner Jamie Harris is the driving force behind Collie Rice, a revolutionary low-carb rice alternative. So hi Jem. Hi there. Welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course, happy to be here. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your business and Collie Rice, how it started. How it started, right. Um, So Collie Rice was something that Jamie, who's actually my my husband, so it's a husband and wife team, um, Jamie and I thought up while um, having dinner at our dinner table. Uh, we've, we've always been interested in healthy eating yes. and uh, we found out about this amazing trend that was going around in health food circles for something called cauliflower rice and this was yeah. way back in 2012. Yeah. Um, we found people using it as a great way to get veg- more vegetables in your diet but also as a great way to swap out rice, pasta and potatoes Yes. Um, in a way with, with something that tasted that gave you the same full feeling as rice but with as much as 85% fewer calories. So we thought, wow, it sounds like such a miracle product, we we should give it a try. So we started making it at home and we were amazed by by the product. We thought it was such a great product. Like like I said, it's a great way to get vegetables in. It's Mm. low calorie, it's got a really low glycemic index. So for people who are diabetic and they're meant to avoid rice, pasta and potatoes, which I can imagine is quite a miserable yeah. You know, it's a nice it's a nice way to kind of enjoy the food that you were that you've had to avoid. Yeah. Um, so for for us, we thought it's it's such a fantastic product. Why isn't it bigger than it 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 is? Yeah. Um, and why haven't we heard about it before? Um, why isn't it available in stores? And we found out at the time, um, you know, the reason why perhaps it wasn't as big or as popular as we thought it should be was it was very it, it, time consuming to make. I mean, you take a head of cauliflower, you blitz it up in it with a grater, a food processor, and then you serve it alongside of dinner. So the rest of dinner you still have to make. Um, it sounds all right, but if you have to do it every night, there are yeah. people who 
uh, like me, I was running two businesses, yeah. had a six-year-old daughter that I had to take care of and so many other things. It's not convenient. It's not convenient, it. exactly. There are people who have time to make their own fresh, which is great. Yeah. But for others who, you know, it was a, I realized there was this really big opportunity to have a ready-made, pre-packed version of the product. But not just something that was pre-packed um, as like fresh grains of cauliflower. We wanted to find a way to to seal in its freshness for longer than the three days that it yeah. usually lasts if it was a fresh product. Because the problem is as much as, you know, with all good intentions, you buy cauliflower rice and then you come home, you know, fresh cauliflower rice and you come home and you just end up too busy. It uh, ends up going off before it. you know it and you're having to chuck it I in the bin. I throw away loads of vegetables. Exactly. Sometimes and and it's, not, it's not a great feeling, is no, it? No, it's not. You it's know? not. And there, there, was a, there was this amazing um, fact I read about supermarket um, vegetables and fresh fresh produce 20 percent of it goes to waste and so we thought you know it would be amazing if wow. we could find a way to take this product and be able to seal in the freshness without adding any preservatives or adding anything you know peculiar longer lasting into, and yeah exactly so find a way to give it give it like a longer lasting um uh, benefit without adding anything nasty mm. in the product um, and so it took us three years to develop the product and we came up with something that we were quite surprised, you know, was a, a way of processing the product that was quite unique. Yes, um, that interests and, me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that. But um, it's it, and that's kind of how Quali Rice was born. So it took us three yeah. years. It was a great idea, but in the end, you know, I think um, we we came out with the product in two thousand at the end, late end of two thousand fifteen, and within a year we were in over three thousand supermarkets. From di from dinner table inspiration, exactly to supermarket from the dinner, shelf yeah, and, and it was really exciting. I think for us, just because we know that we've gotten so many letters and emails from people who feel like it's helped them eat healthily and it's really affected mm. their you know uh, their life in a positive way and that's kind of what we wanted at the start yeah. so it's it, it was a good feeling you do a variety of flavors as well don't you so i've seen you yes. on the supermarket shelf and i have tried and tested the product which oh, i can recommend <laughs> yeah after we after we met the first time oh, afterwards brilliant. i you know recognize the logo straight away in in on the supermarket shelf but you do a variety of flavors yes. and i think that's probably one of the things that is appealing to consumers is the fact that you know they have a choice oh yes completely so um you know for people who so with quali rice um you know so our original flavors our plain flavor is just 100 percent cauliflower um and what you do is uh you know you heat it and serve it with a main meal and when you serve it with a main meal so for example you're having it with a chili con carne when you have it together with it, you re it's almost like you can't really taste that it's cauliflower. Yeah. But there are some people who are very particular about like the, as the, the taste, like the slightest taste of cauliflower, and they're they're not big fans. And that's how that's the inspiration that came that caused us to start all these other flavors yes. for people that wanted um, either a bit more variety or a way to just mask the cauliflower taste. Then we came out with um, flavors like Indian pilau which has like cumin and sultanas and it's great with a fish curry. We came up with a, a Mediterranean flavored variant that was tomato based and um, great, with, you know, it goes great with grilled fish. 
um, you know, we just wanted a Around few options out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we've got some new ones coming out, which um, people should watch out for at the end yeah. of this year that there we're very, very excited about. A teaser for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Look out for the new uh, Collie Rice flavors. One thing I really like um, about your business is the logo and the branding. It's so bright, it's so colorful, and it's so eye-catching. When you walk down the aisle in the supermarket, it really, really kind of, you know, catches your eye now what in, what inspired you for that logo are you a bright and colorful person yeah. anyway is that what um it? i would say yes because <laughs> because it, in fact it's funny you pointed that out because we the logo was something jamie and i designed ourselves we you know something with an idea that we came up with at our dinner table we didn't have much money to put behind it we didn't have that's often the case a lot of budget yeah. to give to a big design team and thankfully because of my background i was in marketing and brand management and Wow. Jamie, my husband, he you know he does all the strategic consulting, but he was also a designer when he started. So between the two Great of us, team. you know, we sat down and we thought, what kind of branding and logo should we have? Mm. Like you say, we both love color, but we think the reason um, we we chose the logo we did was we felt like this product was much more than just a simple like diet product. We felt it added vitality to life. You know, it helped you live. A healthier more energetic life um, I say energetic because I think a lot of times you know being a big like rice pasta eater myself I'm not a you know purist like I, I do love food and I think that's what inspired yeah. this you know this product um, the great thing I think about this product is it doesn't leave you as sluggish because sometimes you, you have a big plate of rice or pasta and you end up quite sluggish and it's very difficult yes. if you're at your desk working yeah. to get through the <laughs> afternoon, you know, you're falling asleep. And it, the one thing we realized with this product is it doesn't give, it doesn't have that effect. You're still quite full and, you know, happy, happy with what you've eaten and not hungry yeah. throughout the afternoon, but you're, enough you're energy, still, enough banks. you've still yeah. got enough energy as well to go around, uh, to, to run around and do the things you need to do. Yeah. Um, which is why we wanted our, our logo to reflect that kind of vitality and life that we thought that the product could, you know, was all about. Yeah. And you've got registered trademarks, um, both in the UK, Europe, and internationally yes. for the branding. Um, so, what countries are you currently trading then? And so we, when we started this, because of I, like I said, my marketing and brand management background, the um, intellectual property was always, always one of our top, top, top priorities. That's when great to we, hear. <laughs> yeah, when we started, we when we came about, you know, when we came up with the idea of doing this, we realized that we are the first in the world to have a long life version of cauliflower rice. So our, our product has, without any preservatives, it has got a 12 month shelf life on it. Wow. Without needing to be refrigerated. Um, you know, it's something, it, it's a technology we developed that's managed to seal the freshness in the bag without having to add anything funny, you know, so it's just 100% cauliflower. So we recognized how special the product was when we came up with it, that before we even started talking to supermarkets here in the UK and abroad, we wanted to make sure we had the IP covered. So yeah. we immediately applied for um, a trademark on the name Collie Rice, yeah. um, which we managed to trademark in, you know, in um, key countries around, around the globe um, through the, I think it's called the Madrid 
protocol. protocol yes. Yeah, that's uh, it. So, so like international trademarks. Exactly. So yes. it's it's being able to you know um, roll if you wanted something yeah. uh, uh, trademarked in more than you know one one country. country yeah, there's a system and a very. You exactly. can base that upon your initial like UK application. Yes. So did anyone help you with the the IP at all? Because you know, yes. especially going internationally, seeking that professional advice is something that we recommend to do. You know, UK trademark application, we get a lot of private mm-hmm. applicants, but I think when you're then broadening your horizons, is is we definitely important. got the help of a professional. Um, in with past businesses that I started, I've had experience um, getting my own, you know just filing for trademarks myself in the UK, but. I knew that if we wanted something covered in in multiple countries, it was outside of my experience, yes. and I just wanted to make sure I didn't make any mistakes. Definitely. So we we worked with a trademark, uh, an intellectual property lawyer, yeah. to help us, um, you know, with our trademark, um, and also with our patent as well, which yeah. we um, yes, which we which worked very hard to to develop. Yeah, it's um. We'll come on to the patent because that is one of the reasons why when we first met, I think, you know, myself and my colleague were so interested and keen in speaking speaking to you. Um, but it, it is probably worth me mentioning for uh, the listeners is that most IP attorneys or professionals will give you a free consultation for at least mm-hmm. half an hour. Um, so if you visit um, the Chartered Institute of Trademark Attorneys or the Chartered Institute of Patent Attorneys, uh, they both have websites. You can then locate someone in your local area. But of course, I have to mention the fact that we're at the British Library and we're at the Business and IP Centre. And this is also a great starting point um, as a business to come and seek that, that IP advice. And, and, you know, please do listen to Gem. Uh, IP should be embedded from you know the beginning of your, of your business journey, just not as an afterthought, really, so that you mm. don't make any mistakes. So it's That's nice so to true. hear a story. We, you know, we've done case studies in the past where... IP has then become a priority because something's gone wrong. This is a nice, I think, story for us to hear uh, as, you know, being the IPO, the fact that you thought about that from the beginning and have you know, protected yourself and safeguarded yourself um, because I think you knew you had something that was innovative and that you wanted to make sure that was, you know, protected. protected that's right. um, yeah, so before we come on to the patent, I just wanted to ask you, I guess, a bit of a cheeky question, but you've registered, registered your trademark in the Class 29 for the food product itself. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any intentions of expanding in the future? Can you, you know, disclose any future plans? Are you going to maybe move into restaurants or cafes, or is it just solely concentrating on the product at the minute? Yeah, so you could probably see with these uh, with trademark searches as well. You know, we what we wanted to do was just make sure we you know, just expand, not limit ourselves too much when, when with the growth of the company by, by just going into one category. We could go into food service, we yeah. could go into other things in the future, and we just wanted to make sure that we, we had ourselves covered in those areas, yeah. which is why we've applied for other, other classifications as well. Yes, yeah. Um, and again, for listeners, the um, trademark system is divided into 45 classes. And in the UK, a trademark costs uh, £170 for one application, and that includes one class. So a class um, will protect you for the product or goods or services that wherever you're you know, working or, or trading within. It's £50 per additional classes. So, of course, mm-hmm. the more business areas, you know, the more products and different services, the more classes you need. 
But say, for instance, you needed one application with one class, it's £170, and then that lasts 10 years. So it's on average mm. £17 per year to protect a logo within one class. And I think um, just also worth mentioning is that if you, at the point that you're applying, consider where you are in your business journey because you can't add classes on at a later date. You would need to apply for a new application. So if you know within the next two years that you're going to look to expand into another area, it's also... You know, like you said, worth worth adding that on. Um, just before again, we move on to the patent. Uh, we work closely with Companies House, and do you mind if I ask? There was a notice about a company name change. Is there any yes. reason kind of behind that? Or? Yes. Well, that is. Um, it's interesting you brought that up because that has to do with the plans we have moving forward. Oh right. So okay. uh, I think we've realised uh, the appetite of people for, how do you say, you know, just products like cauliflower rice. Um, you know, we, we realize that, you know, there are ways for people to get more vegetables into their diet in, in more than just the usual yeah. traditional way of doing it. So what we've done is we've rebranded our company because our company was called Cauli Rice Limited. Mm -hmm. So it's now called Full Green. Um, and with this new brand, we are going to be introducing some new products in the coming months. Wow, another teaser there yes. for anybody listening. <laughs> I'll just I leave think, it at that. Yeah, <laughs> most certainly. Um, I think that you can't help, you know, the journey that you've been on, you mm -hmm. can't help but be in, inspired along the way. And, and it's clear that you've grown. So what's come from an idea into one you know, distinctive brand with a really good product that is hit supermarket shelves, the sky's not the limit. You're always going to want to grow and expand along this journey. The journey just doesn't end at the point that you reach retail, I guess. You no, know? well, it, it you know, I, I always think can with, with businesses, um, businesses always evolve, which I think is a really good thing because it, it shows that you're changing with the times, you're seeing more potential or new potential for the brand. Um, I think in our case, you know, yeah, it, it just, we realized that, you know, we, we hit upon something special and there was so much more opportunity to build around it. And that's a reason we've yeah. kind of evolved. It may not have occurred to us at the start. You know, it didn't occur to us at the start, but, but I think that's part of the, you know, when you're a business owner, it, you just see how, you know, what works yeah. with your business, what doesn't work with your business. And it's all about, I think, you know, being able to evolve your business to fit the demand and fit the strength and really strengthen it, strengthen those points that people really think are the com com competitive edge that yeah. your, you know, your products have. And one being your, your inventive step and your yeah. pattern. So let's, let's talk about that because we recently met at the um, British Library's Brandon event where you were on the panel and it was a really great event and I was so pleased to discover, um, a, a, you know, your story and your product and, the, and on top of that, the fact that you ha had a patent, um, you know, so tell us, tell us about that and why, why, why the patent? Yes, we did. Um, so when we, I mean, just rewinding back to two, 2012, when we were like, hey, let's do this pre-packed, ready-made, you know, cauliflower rice product. Um, we realized that the, the big limitation that we had with that kind of product was the fact that it would go off after three days. Yeah. Um, you know, so it would limit the innovations we could do around the product and it would just, I mean, I'm not a big fan of food waste, so it was something we just no. wanted to avoid. Um, so we, we 
we realized that, that having something that had like a longer shelf life was absolutely essential to make this product really, really special. Otherwise, it was just yeah. going to be blitzed up cauliflower. It's a full green company then, isn't it? Because you're, you know, green in the fact that you're encouraging people to eat healthy, but yeah, you're green like in the sustainability that. of the business as well. And that is a nice, I think, offering for those that, you know, care about all-rounded health and, and, and We'd green. like to think that. I mean, we think there's still so many improvements we'd like to do with the business to really be able to say all of that. But yes, I mean, food waste, we're not big fans of, and that's one of no. the big inspirations we've had for, for the brand. So um, what we wanted to do was um, find a way to extend the shelf life of our product without any preservatives. That was, for us, that was definitely a no-no. We didn't like the idea of artificial ingredients, no e-numbers, no preservatives. So you thought was there any way we could do it without having to add any of that? So we started working with various food technologists, food consultants, seeing what we could do, exploring different areas. And it took a long time. It took three yeah. years for us to kind of hit upon something. Um, but at the end of it, in 2015, we, you know, we, we found a way to do it. Um, and even at the time, we didn't realize how special it was that, you know, that, that how unique the technology or the process we mm. came up with was um, until, you know, it, it dawned on us. You know, we saw the product and we're like, so actually, yeah. we don't know if anyone else is doing this. So we had a look. We consulted again with our, um, I, the, our IP lawyer. Yeah. And we did a search to see if there was any kind of similar technology or process out there. And there wasn't which made it so exciting for us, and so, again, so, so exciting. Yeah, and again, that's, you know, the services that, you know, from here, the British Library or IP professional, patent lawyer, they will help you with with all that. And, exactly. and we do encourage, you know, being the IPO for people to go down that professional route because I would say out of all the IP areas, patents can often be the most complex for people yes. to apply for. So we would always recommend recommend that route so that's exactly. that's good to hear that exactly you, you especially know, you around um, patents being very technical you know it's, it's all around so so you want to make sure the scope of protection that you're getting for your right. inventive Correct. step is is what you need it for because exactly. the worst thing is you apply for your own and you don't quite get that right and then it falls you know exactly. it falls on its feet that's exactly it so we, we needed a professional value. we needed professional help to just make sure that yeah. we had all the bases covered um, even before we spoke to, we wanted to make sure we got everything covered before we spoke to any retailer. Um, so the, yeah, so that's how the, the patent mm. came about. We, we came up with a special, uh, way of processing vegetables, which doesn't have, you know, which gives it the long life that it has, um, without the need of any preservatives. And, um, and that's how, yeah, that's how we develop the patent that we have. And yeah. it's something, again, that we didn't stop in the UK. We realized that this was something that was so unique, not just here, but all around the world. So we, we um, went and did a PCT. Yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, it's a PCT um, application. Yes, exactly. So uh, for us to, um, you know, to be able to make sure that we had this patent protection in key countries around the globe yeah can you see just example of a couple that you traded uh well we're tra so we're trading in the states now Brilliant. so we're definitely protected yes. in north america but there are also countries around asia and you know south america that we wanted to make sure that we had that kind that protection in because you yeah. know who knows later down the line you know going we just wanted to make sure it was an option yeah. if we went into those countries that we were being protected 
Yeah, and at the rate that you're, you know, you, that you're on this journey and it's growing, then you never know. Hopefully, yeah, fingers crossed. So, yeah, um, just for anyone listening, owning a patent gives you the right to license or sell and manufacture the invention that is covered by that patent. And we do encourage, as I said, to like, as Gemma's done, seek that professional advice or uh, head to here, which is the, the British Library. Um, if you are looking to talk to people, to you know, potential manufacturers or retailers about a product that you uh, are um, or a new invention that you've come up with, then you need to be using confidentiality agreements at the point of you know those mm-hmm. conversations um, and or non-disclosure agreements. And you can find examples of those on our website. So, um, Gem, before we uh, head off for today, um, is there one piece of advice that you can give to businesses and, and what would that be? Well, considering you, all this talk around intellectual properties just made me realise it, it is very much an essential step, I think, for us. So I think when you are uh, starting a business, I think for me the key, the key things to look at there are you know, especially when you come up with something like, it may not be a completely unique technology. So even if it's just a trademark, if you come up with a brand name that you wanted to protect, you know, there you need to at the start of your business really see. You could you could go on the intellectual property office website and do a trademark search. Yes. So say I want my you know, business to be called Gems Cookies, you know, so you you could find out then and there if there's already someone doing it and it would heavily influence how you start your business. So I think, um, you know, intellectual property is absolutely key. It's very easy to do these trademark searches, just go on the IPO's website. Um, Job, job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, I mean, on top of that, I think the other thing that you probably would like to you know, just cover in, in terms of covering basis for, for your business is, yeah, making sure your brand name is protected and then making sure you can get the dot .com as well. And that yeah. one you could quite easily do tri- quick quick searches for as well. Give yourself a you know, strong branding foundation. Exactly, exactly. And that at the very early stage, you'll know if you can call yourself this name or this brand, yeah. you know, as long as you have your dot .com secured and your IP secured. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for today and thanks very much for coming and you've got such an inspirational story. Thank you. It's such a good product and a good brand and I wish you all, you know, the, the best of luck in the future um, for any kind of, you know, expansions we'll see. in the business. <laughs> Sounds like that you have got some things coming up <laughs> and you are in a busy period and that's really great great to hear and everyone thanks for listening uh, please share this podcast with your colleagues if you want to receive regular business updates then sign up to the ipo email alerts and select business guidance on our website that is gov.uk forward slash ipo you can also follow the ipo on twitter facebook and linkedin we also have a range of helpful um, business animations and videos on our youtube channel or if you want to speak to an information uh, advisor, uh, IP advisor, then call our information centre on 0300 300 2000. And that's it for, from me and Jem today. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. Uh, and don't forget, head over to our channel to find more of these type podcasts. Thanks everyone. Thanks Jem. Thank you.